This morning we mentioned two men, Enoch and Noah, and showed that Enoch was the great-grandfather of Noah. And these two men are brought to our attention over in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 5 and 7. Now, in between Enoch and Noah, of course, we had Methuselah and Lamech. But Methuselah and Lamech are not mentioned over here, but Enoch and Noah are. So, first of all, it says about Enoch, by faith, Enoch was translated and was found not, because God translated him. And before he was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, what we normally hear about Enoch is that Enoch walked with God, which is true. That's what we're told over here in Genesis chapter 5. We find that Enoch was 65 years old when he had Methuselah. And then he walked with God for the remaining 300 years. Now, we usually say he walked with God 365 years. But actually, according to the scripture... He walked with God 300 years. He was 65, he had Methuselah, and then he walked with God 300 years. Then he was 365 when God translated. And of course, we have 365 days in a year, and we usually try to point out that if Enoch walked with God for 365 years, we should try to do the best we can to walk with God 365 days. But over here in Hebrews 11:5, it says, by faith Enoch was translated. That means he didn't see death. He was translated. When the Lord comes back at the end of time, there will be a translation and a resurrection. Those who are alive will be translated like Enoch. And those who have passed away or passed, departed, they should be resurrected, you know, like um, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there will be a translation and a resurrection. Now, when we go back to Hebrews 11:5, we see that he had this testimony that he pleased God. And that certainly is a logical thought, isn't it? How can you walk with somebody if you're not in agreement? And the Lord made this truth, this principle, clear in the book of Amos, chapter 3. He asked the question, can two walk together except they be agreed. So this tells me that God and Enoch were in agreement. This tells me then that's why Enoch pleased God. The next verse separates Enoch and Noah. It says, "By without faith, it's impossible to please God. He just got through saying that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. So it means he must have been walking by faith indeed. So without faith, it's impossible, not hard. It's impossible to please God without faith. All right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe that Enoch was a diligent seeker of God. Being a diligent seeker of God, he was rewarded of God. Can you imagine for 300 years you walk with God? Every day of every year you walk with God. You have communion with God. You have fellowship with God. You and God are walking side by side, hand in hand, together. That's the picture we have of Enoch. 
he diligently sought the Lord as rewarded with a level of communion and fellowship perhaps as high or higher than anybody I read of in the word of God. Then he says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, let's take a look at Noah just for a moment. Noah being the great-grandson of Enoch. By faith, Noah, being warned of God. In other words, Noah believed God. God told Noah to build an ark and he was going to destroy all mankind by a flood. Noah believed it. It's important for us to believe the word of God. Believing God's word means we believe God. There are people who believe in God they do not believe God. There's a difference. Now if you believe in God sincerely from the depths of your heart that's an evidence that you're his child you've been born in the spirit of God. That's one thing. To believe in God's one thing, to believe God is another thing. Now, Abraham believed God, and he walked by faith. He left the land he was in and came into the land, from, left the land of the early Chaldees and came to the land of what we call the land of Palestine. He believed God. God said, I will bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee. Abraham believed that. In the fifth chapter of Luke, we find where uh, Peter and them had been fishing, and the Lord came up on the scene, and Peter and them were washing their nets, and they hadn't caught anything. And the Lord told them to cast their ship out into the deep and to let their nets down. So Peter replied by saying, Lord, he says, we, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will do it. Now, Peter showed wisdom there, didn't he? It didn't matter if they hadn't caught anything all night. We're not talking about the past. Now we're talking about the present. He says, cast, go, cast out, go out into the deep and cast your net down for a draught. So Peter says, Lord, we, we toiled all night. We fished at night. And uh, you, you caught fish in the Sea of Galilee at night in shallow water. Now the Lord is telling them to go out in the daytime into deep water, the very opposite of what fishermen are trained to do in the Sea of Galilee. But the Lord said, do it then we just need to do it, don't we? Whether we understand it or not. And that's what Peter said. Peter said, nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, we'll do it. And so what happened? They went out into the deep water, they let their net down, and they caught so many fish, they had to call for help and assistance from another ship because they simply obeyed the word of God. Didn't question it and ask for an explanation, just obeyed. Acts 27, Paul's on a ship. He's on a ship going to Rome. It's full of prisoners. And they've been going a while. They run into a, a, a tremendous storm. And this storm was so great that they felt like they'd never see land again. All hope of being saved was lost. The word saved here certainly having reference to them perishing at sea and not being delivered. They thought the grave is, the ocean is going to be our grave. We're going to die out here at sea. They've gone many days without seeing the sun, the moon, or any light whatsoever. All hope of being saved was gone. Now, I've never been there. I don't know exactly how that feels. I've, I've never been that low. I've never been in that situation. I've never been in that set of circumstances 
where I felt like this is it. You know, I'm not going to live, uh, you know, very much longer. We're all going to perish right here uh, in the body of water on the Sea of Galilee. Oh, not Sea of Galilee here. There was a different sea. But anyway, we all, we're all going to die here at sea. Well, that night an angel of God came to Paul. And he told Paul, he says, Every man on this ship is going to be delivered. Not one shall perish. The ship itself will be destroyed. And Paul gathered the people together, and the first thing he said to them was, Be of good cheer. Now, when you're in the condition I just described, how can you possibly be of good cheer? It, it, and I don't care how many times somebody says, Be of good cheer. You've, you've not told them anything to be of good cheer about. Just said, Be of good cheer. Well, that's not going to get people to be of good cheer. But he wasn't through. He said, an angel of God spoke to me last night of whom I belong and whom I serve. And he told them what the angel said. That there be the loss of no man's life. The ship be destroyed and all the men on the ship would be delivered. Would be delivered. And here's what Paul said. And it says, I believe God. He didn't give any explanation. He didn't give any details. He didn't say how it was going to happen. He just said, God said it. And I believe it. How many times have you heard people say, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. But that is not correct. That order is not correct. The Bible says it, that settles it, and then I believe it. It's settled whether I believe it or not. God's word says it, it is settled. You believe it, it's settled. If you don't believe it, it's settled. It's settled whether you believe it or not. But you're a lot better shaped to believe it. Just simply believe it. So Paul believed the word of God. And sure enough, as you continue the story, we find where the ship came totally apart and everybody on that ship made it to shore. Some swam, some uh, uh, held on to parts of the ship one way or the other. They all made it to shore. Nobody lost their life and the ship was totally demolished and destroyed, just like God said. Peter says, nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, we'll do it. And they caught so many fish they had to call for assistance and help to get all the fish in. We find here by faith, Noah being warned of God. Now notice, not just the words of God here. It didn't say in Noah hearing the words of God. It says Noah being warned of God. God gave a warning right here. And there's a lot of warnings in the word of God. And we need to believe these warnings. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, for example, Paul said, um, God shall not be mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he sows to the flesh reap corruption. If he sows to the spirit, he sows to the spirit reap life everlasting. That's a warning. God shall not be mocked. You can't live any way you want to live and not pay the consequences. This is all there is to it. If you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. That is the bottom line. That's God's warning. That's God's statement of truth. So by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things yet not seen. Now, think about it. There had never been a flood prior to this flood. You know, they talk about the 100-year flood. You know, when, when Tam, uh, uh, Nashville had the flood, whatever year it was now, <laughs> uh, what was it, 2010? 2010 had, had that flood that destroyed so many houses and caused so much destruction and so much cost and all those things. They talked about this is the 100-year flood. Every 100 years, you may have a flood just like this. But there had never been a flood before this flood. On top of that, it had never been a raindrop fall from the skies prior to this. 
They didn't know what rain was. Being warned of God of things not seen. Now the children of God walk by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you know, Paul talks about how we have a tabernacle that made with hands eternal in the heavens above. And then he comes on down writing about that. And he says, uh, you know, uh, if we're, as long as we're in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Be absent from the body is be present with the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the eye of the spirit. Faith is the eye of the soul. Have you ever thought about you've never seen the Lord Jesus Christ with your natural eyes? You believe in somebody who lived 20 centuries ago. You believe in somebody who lived 2,000 years ago. The, the Bible says he did. The Bible says he came from heaven. The Bible says he gave sight to the blind. The Bible says he gave hearing to the deaf. The Bible says he uh, cleansed the lepers. The Bible says that he gave uh, uh, you know, uh, strength to the, those sick of the palsy where they could walk again. Uh, the Bible says he raised the dead. And I believe every, every, all of that. I've never seen any of that. But I believe it because something inside of me, in my heart, tells me it's true. It's true. How can, so many, how can multitudes of millions of people right now believe at least what I just said? They may not believe in unconditional election. They may not believe in predestination. They may not believe in the effectual call. Uh, but they believe the man named Jesus lived 2,000 years ago, and they do believe he did miracles 2,000 years ago. They believe that. Why do they believe that? They hadn't seen any more than I've seen. But yet we have seen. See, in Hebrews 11, talking about Moses, it said, Moses endured as seeing him who was invisible. Moses could see somebody that Pharaoh couldn't see. By faith, Noah, being moved with fear, uh, uh, things being, uh, excuse me, and by faith Noah, being warned of God of things yet not seen, he moved with fear. Now notice, all these are, are, are parts of walking by faith. He moved with fear. That means with respect, with reverence. If Almighty God tell, told him there's going to be a flood, he believed it. He'd never seen a flood. He'd never seen a raindrop. But God says there's going to be one. So he, he moved with fear. We see action here, do we not? We see action. We are beginning to see the manifestation of faith in his life. Now, Enoch proved he lived by faith because he walked with God, right? Walking with God proved Enoch had faith. And he used his faith. So how is Noah going to prove his faith? He's going to start building an ark. <laughs> Just like God told him to. He's going to start building an ark. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, he moved with reverence, he moved with great respect. This wasn't his neighbor telling him this. This even wasn't Lamech, his father, telling him this. Or Methuselah's grandfather telling him this. This is Almighty God telling him there's going to be a flood. He's warning he was going to be a flood. Something he'd never seen before. And he moved with fear to the preparing of an ark, building of this ark. Walking by faith cost you something. It cost you something. What did he cost Abraham? When God called Abraham, land of the earth, the Chaldees, he had to separate himself from his family. He had to pull up roots. He had to pull up roots, lock, stock, and barrel. He had to leave the land of the earth of the Chaldees and go to a land he'd never been to, never seen, just go to a land that God told him to go to. 
That, that, was, that was the cost he paid. Faith costs you something. What's it going to cost Noah? It's, it's going to be hard work building this ark. You know, sometimes we just run over it. You know, Noah built an ark. Yes, he did. wonder how long it took him. I, I, I think you may tell us in there. But anyway, it took him a long time. And can you imagine the physical labor involved in building the ark? You had to cut down the trees. You had to take then the tree and you had to trim it up. You had to get the right size, one thing and another. And we're not even told anybody helped him. I'm persuaded they did. I'm sure his three sons assisted him, you know, but we're not told that. It was, a hard, it was hard work and, and, and expensive. Faith will cost you something, but the rewards always make it well worth it. Remember the verse above it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Enoch diligently sought the Lord. and He was greatly rewarded with a walk with God. Noah is going to be greatly rewarded. What's his reward? He and his eight members of his household, eight all together, are going to be delivered and spared from the wrath of God in this great flood that's coming. That's what's going to be his reward. His life is going to be spared. See, Noah's going to live on both sides of the flood. You ever think about that? He lived on this side of the flood. When the flood was over, he came out of the ark on this side of the flood over here. And his three sons, the Lord told him, said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. His sons gave this earth a new beginning. By faith, being warned of God of things not seen, he moved the fear to the preparing of an ark to the saving of his house. Now, we do not believe in salvation by proxy, okay? You know what proxy is. Sometimes, you, maybe you're in a, a homeowner's association or something, and they're going to have a meeting, and if you can't be there, uh, you know, you can vote and give it to somebody else, or they can vote for you, give them permission, they can vote on your behalf. We do not believe in salvation by proxy, okay? But at the same time, the Bible teaches us in numerous illustrations that by the faith and the faithfulness of people, other people have been greatly blessed. Abraham, by faith, left the land of the Chaldees, and he came to Palestine. His seed inherited the land of Palestine. That's where the 12 tribes of Israel finally wound up in the land of Canaan because of the faith of one man when God called him to go. There was a centurion who had a sick servant. He comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, beseeching him that he might heal his servant. The Lord said, I've not found so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. And the Lord healed his servant. It don't say one thing about the servant's faith, not one thing. Their servant is healed. Don't say anything about his faith. But it sure says a lot about the centurion's faith, doesn't it? And what about Matthew chapter 15, where you got the Canaanite woman who comes to the Lord and her soul is so very vexed because of the sickness of her daughter who's got unclean spirits. That story is going to end with her daughter being healed and he's going to tell the Canaanite woman, great is thy faith. The faith of this Canaanite woman and the faith of this centurion of here, both were Gentiles, and that's the two greatest examples of faith in the New Testament, not by the Jews, but by the Gentiles. Thy faith hath made her whole. Her daughter was healed from that moment. Didn't say one thing, not one thing, about her daughter's faith. But her daughter's healed because of the faith of her mother. 
That servant was healed because of the faith of that centurion. Abraham's seed occupied the land of Palestine because of the faith of Abraham. And Noah's family is going to be saved from the flood because of the faith of Noah. Doesn't say one thing about the faith of his wife, one thing about the faith of his sons, not one thing about the faith of his sons' wives, not one thing about their faith is his faith. Remember Lydia? Sell purple? How she met Paul and them at the seaside there? She was in the city of Thyatira Tower. She met Paul. The Bible says she attended things that were spoken by Paul. And then she and her household were baptized. Her household was baptized as a result of Lydia being a woman of prayer, meeting with Paul and hearing the words of Paul, attending to it and believing Paul's words and setting forth the example. Cornelius, the same way. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear to repairing of his house, excuse me, repairing of the ark to the saving of his house. And it says he gave witness against the ungodly. When you walk by faith and you strive to please God and worship God and serve God, your life is going to be a testimony against the ungodly of this world. And that's exactly what Noah did. Everybody outside that ark fell in the category of the ungodly. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter says, And God spared not the old world. But he says, The old world, the world of the ungodly, perished. That's everybody outside the ark. They perished. It was the world of the ungodly. But Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three daughters all found safety in that ark. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Enoch pleased God. By faith, Enoch was translated by God. And his great-grandson, Noah, by faith, being warned of God, of things not seen, moved with fear to the preparing of an ark to the saving of his house. Every little phrase in that verse is important and all connect together.